Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Live around the world on the internet at MichaelDukesShow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Hello, my friends. Hello. How you doing? Welcome to Thursday. Thursday. It's almost Friday. I mean, it's like a Friday on a Thursday because I will not be here tomorrow. Uh, just uh, FYI, taking a uh, taking a little bit of a break, a little bit of a birthday break. Um, I'm doing it early because you know next week's next week's the big day, and I'm going to be working anyway. So, but I wanted to take just a little bit of time to enjoy myself. Uh, we have not uh, I have not had nearly enough time this summer to uh, go out and do the things that I normally do. Uh, including uh, going down to my favorite place in the world, uh, the Cosmic Hamlet by the Sea. So we're going to be doing that, uh, going to be doing that. And then uh, next week on the actual day, I'll be here with you. I'll be here with you. It'll be fun. That's my gift to myself is to be here with you on my birthday. So anyway, uh, today, um, uh, you know, I was working on some guests, but it just didn't work out, which is fine because today it's going to be a mixture of stories and things that are going on, uh, headlines from around the state and uh, some firearm stuff as well. Some 2A stuff, because today is uh, kind of a Friday, Thursday, Friday hybrid. It's the hybrid show. And we're going to do a little bit of headlines on 2A stuff as well as some of the stories. Uh, but most importantly, we're going to open up the phone lines and talk with you. Now, ironically, ironically, um, got the phone lines working yesterday. Um, although it was funny, I'm on the phone with the GCI people and the tech support and we're talking and he's like, okay, well, we're testing it now. And he's like, I'm hearing phones ringing and, and, and we're like, oh, it just, it all of a sudden started working. <clears throat> and I'm like, yeah, it just appears. I said, it wasn't working early this morning, but now it appears to be working. And it's like, oh, weird. Well, must've fixed itself. And then of course, this morning I go to try it and uh, test it and, no, it's not working. So the regular phone line, again, is still broken. But that's okay because we have a direct hotline to the hotline. I don't know if that makes sense or not. But we're going to open up the phone lines this morning and get things ready uh, for, <clears throat> I guess I was going to say for gun Q&A, but since it is uh, it's Thursday and kind of a Thursday slash Friday thing. Let's just open up the phone lines for anything. We'll just make it any topic. Anything you want to talk about is fair game. If you want to talk about your favorite uh, uh, movies, books, 
TV shows, you want to just chit chat about music or any, I just, today, I just feel like let's let our hair down. What little I have left. Let's let the hair down and just talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about. I'm totally down with that this morning. And if it's uh, gun questions, you bet. If it's uh, uh, anything else, you bet. 319-527-3864. 319-527-3864 is the phone line. And that's the number. Let me just crank that up just a little bit there. Uh, is the phone number for uh, you to call in if you want to be part of it today and talk with me. That's where it is. Feel free to do it. 319-527-3864. Um, and uh, we've got, I've got that posted up on our, I got it posted up on our, uh, on our screen here. If you want to go look at Facebook, if you can't remember that number, you can't write it down. 319-527-3864. So, um, good morning. Yes, I'm 29. Kyle. Kyle wins the internet today with a question of, you're 29? Question mark? Yes. I have been 29 for um, 33 years. I've been 29 for 33 years. That's how it works. Uh, anyway, um, <clears throat> 34 years. Anyway, whatever it is. Um uh, so anyway, I got, I got some headlights. The chat room is cracking me up this morning. They're just like, you know, they're, they are into it to win it today here in it to win it. Um, you could join us by the way, in the chat room, we simulcast the radio show every morning on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. And so while you can still listen on the radio, if that's where you're at somewhere around the state of Alaska, uh, on plain old terrestrial radio, you can listen to us there, but you can also participate and join us and hang out with folks in the chat room this morning as well. Uh, we'd love to hear what you guys have to say uh, on any of that stuff. Um, although I did notice that since I put 2A in the headline, I noticed that the attendance in the chat room is almost half of what it was normally. I don't know if it's because I put something about guns in the headline or not. Am I being stealth banned? This is a question that I ask myself quite a bit sometimes when I'm watching some of these numbers. It always seems like Friday is the day whenever I say something about 2A or gun stuff or whatever. Uh, I always seem to have a, a much smaller audience on, on the uh, social media simulcast because I said something about that. It's interesting. In interesting interesting. I'm sorry, 23 years. Thank you, Donna. I haven't had my coffee yet. Still trying to do the math. 23, 23, 49, whatever it is. 29. Yes, I'm 29 years old for the 23rd time. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that would make me 60, wouldn't it? Hey, I never, look, I'm on the fly talking at the same time, trying to do math in my head. You guys try that. You guys try that sometime. Um, all right. So some headlines and some stories. Um, I got a phone call here. We're going to get to in just a hot second. Uh, interesting thing happening down in Anchorage with one of the big new auto groups, uh, which we'll talk about. Uh, we got some, uh, two A headlines as well. We're going to talk just a bit about the, uh, wildfires over on Maui. Um, and, uh, what was the other, was there one more thing that I want to talk about? Um, 
I guess that's it. <clears throat> I guess that's it for now. Um, and of course your phone calls and we'll just, we'll just chat about that. But I do have a, I have a handful of gun stories as well to talk about, but I just want to hang out. I just want to hang out and uh, chat today and see where you guys are at. So I suppose we'll get started over here with some phone calls and see what uh, is the what. Uh, over here we go. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. This is Steve from Fairbanks. Good morning, Steve. How are you, my friend? I'm good, sir. I, I uh, just wanted to let you know that the Glock shoot went well. Yeah, give me an after action here. Well, we they came, they brought 10 Glocks, which is unoriginal, but no, they brought 10 of their pistols and two and a half cases of ammo, so... And we brought uh, burgers and dogs and, you know, made food fresh for everybody. And so it's basically dinner and a show. And, uh, and it went well. It did. It went really well. Good, good. Uh, was there yeah. was there good participation from uh, the public on this? Not not really, no. No, we had, uh, we had less, right around 20, well, yeah, less than 20 there. Although we had availability for 45. And, and I, I heard from some folks afterwards that, Oh, we thought that was invitation only. And I'm like, I was on the radio talking. About it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was trying. Man, sometimes you can lead a horse to, to water and you just can't make them drink, you know? And and trust me, there've been It's true. There's been, you know, you could tell people all the time, it's open to the public, you can come on in, you can do whatever. I have said so many things on this program mm-hmm. that people later on and said, "Well, you said this." And I said, "Well, I said exactly the opposite of that. How did you hear what you only want right? to hear?" <laughs> I mean, you know, come on, come on. Uh anyway, it it, um, it, it's good to know, though. Is this going to be a semi? Is this going to be an annual thing? You think, or is it just as a once in a lifetime opportunity? I, I don't know. Or? Hopefully, hopefully, but I don't know for sure. I, I can say again, um, I'm, I'm I'm not the Glock fanboy, but I will say that of all, I mean, I called HK Smith, Colt, Springfield, Walther, just down the line, Beretta, uh, uh, Staccato. I was calling everybody. And uh, Glock was the only one that, A, returned the call. <laughs> and wow. uh, B, wow. actually uh, said yes and set it up and came up. Uh, they were the only one. Uh, and they brought some that I had not seen before. They brought their new 47, which is kind of taking the place of the 17, if if I understand correctly, a big if there. Um, and but, that's, but anyway, the, is the that other the, reason I was calling is that the new, is that is the new to f- say that on August, I'm, I'm sorry. Is that the new fourth generation or fifth generation Glock, the new nine millimeter of 47? Yeah. I mean, they, they had the 45 there too, which is their nine. I, I hate how they named it. Um, but yeah, their model 45 is a nine mil. And I thought it was a 17 frame with a 19 slide. That's what I thought was the case. Right. That's not the case. It's actually the, that new model 47 lower with the 19 upper um, yeah, but anyway, it, it shot well, you know. Mm. Well, I got to say, I'm not, uh, I mean, I'm not necessarily a Glock fanboy. I mean, I do, my, my daily carry is a Glock, yeah. but, um, I do, I mean, they make a good pistol. There's, I, I think there's plenty of good manufacturers out there, mm-hmm. but it's a little disappointing when you reach out and none of the manufacturers get back to you. That's a little, that's a little frustrating. Only yeah. yeah. It was, it was frustrating. Yeah. Hey, the other thing while I'm on the phone with you. Uh, August 19th, that's a Saturday, Saturday, August 19th, uh, is a statewide competition, again, uh, up in Fox. And it's uh, it's being put on, just like the Glock demo. 
by APOA, that's the Alaska Peace Officers Association, uh, and to to register for that event, uh, it's you go onto the, onto the website apoaonline.org, and you can go to uh, chapters, go to the farthest north, which is us, Fairbanks, so forth, or you can go to training events, and you'll find it on there. You find it in a variety of places, but uh, the point is, it's an APOA-sponsored annual uh, shooting competition with stages designed by law enforcement, uh, and it should be a lot of fun. So well, that's, and, uh, that's and, Saturday, yep. August 19th. And Oh, and, and uh, I forgot to say this, Michael. I'm sorry. Happy early birthday. Oh. Uh, my wife's birthday is next week as well, and a good friend of mine's birthday is next week as well. So apparently next week is a, just a great week for birthday. That's right, right. And it's, you know, the reason I'm taking the the weekend is because it's on Wednesday. And so it's like, that's the middle of the week. You really ah. can't do anything, you know? So it's like one of those things where, well... You know, I mean, it'll be nice to have cake on Wednesday, but I would rather have a little bit of a, a day off to do something fun. So it'll be it'll be good stuff. Sure. Um, all right. Well, and of course, this this meeting next Saturday, it's a week from Saturday, is open to the public, huh? right? Open to the public. Yeah. Got, do you have to go sign up? Do you yeah. have to go sign up at APOA or can you just show up? What do we need to do? You, no, you, you got to you got to sign up. And there's a there's a website. Um, and I've been you know talking about this this thing for a while. Um, but yeah, you just go on to APOAonline.org, all one word, um, APOA for Alaska Peace Officer Association, online.org. And there are some rules for the competition, um, and there may or may not be some, uh, we're planning on some transition uh, stages where you transition from a pistol to a rifle. And I've already had people ask me, well, what rifle should I bring? None. Don't bring a rifle. Uh, we will provide, if, if there is a transition, uh, we'll provide uh, the firearm to transition to. Uh, you just have to bring uh, a pistol, not a race gun. You know how there are some <laughs> really high-end competition right. guns? It's not that. We're trying to trying to level the field, although I say that in the, uh, the Fairbanks action shooters or Fairbanks, Alaska shooters, uh, they're really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we do this all the time. No, the fast. Yeah, they do it really, really well. The fast and SAS guys are both really good with what they, you know, they run what they brung, whether it's a, a semi-auto or whether it's mm -hmm. a revolver. Those guys can shoot. I mean, there's no two ways about it. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, it's yeah. good. All right. Well, uh, APOAonline.org, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. That's correct. All right. Yeah, and, and I said that it's sponsored by APOA, and that's true. But it's uh, FAS is also a sponsor of it, and and arranging, doing you know, a lot of the work, right? Uh, to uh, to set up stages, so forth, to run the match. So, yeah, they're pretty awesome. Then we've got other sponsors, uh, such as Iron and Wood and uh, AK Forty Blow, uh, where Kevin makes those holsters, really great holsters. And yeah, I wish I had the list in front of me. Well, that's okay. <laughs> uh, and a few others uh, that do a lot of really good work. Well, feel free to call in next week and remind us again that it's the following day. As long as they can sign up on Friday for Saturday, that'd be great. You can call in and let us know. But yeah, Kevin does great work. We'll he, do. he makes all he makes all my concealed carry holsters. He does some fantastic work. So it's good stuff. All right. Well, thank yeah. you. Thanks so much, Steve. I appreciate it. It's good to talk with you. Appreciate you calling in. Absolutely. Thank you, Michael. All right, folks. We got a good one. We got to go. We're up against the break. Apparently, 
Everybody's, uh, looks like all the Leos are here. Chris's birthday is tomorrow. Happy birthday, Chris. Greg's birthday is next Saturday. Tawny's birthday is uh, this week as well. And Chris is celebrating his 43rd wedding anniversary on my birthday. You're welcome. <laughs> all right. We got to go. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. Okay. <clears throat> Taking a real vacation for two weeks, says uh, Jeff. Re. Sorry, Jeffrey. Um, awesome stuff. Um. Terry says, oh, that's great. Terry says, December was obviously the month to cuddle and stay warm. I don't know what you mean, Terry. I don't know what that means. Can you you explain that to us with diagrams and graphs as well? (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, duty weapons only. No race guns. No race guns. We want to, we want to, you know. We want to get it in there. Oh, man. Oh. Whew. Um, let's see. They're giving my dad a hard time now because I screwed up the math. <laughs> Jeannie says, I can only imagine what your dad was thinking about your math. Betty pulled out his driver's license to confirm. And then so Bill says, I thought those tablets were broken. Sorry, Ron. <laughs> oh, hey, it's a lot of pressure to do this, okay? It's a lot of pressure. My brain, again, didn't have enough coffee. Didn't have any coffee this morning. That pretty much, everything is pretty much forgivable at this point because I don't have enough, yeah, because I couldn't do simple maths. Because I couldn't do simple maths. Oh, I added 10 years to my life. My beard does that anyway. If I shave this thing off, I would look like a 12-year-old boy with very little hair. But that's fine. That's just fine. Okay. We wouldn't poke fun at you if we didn't like you. Well, that's appreciated. Today is Eskimo Libertarian's five-year wedding anniversary. By the way, if you don't follow Eskimo Libertarian on Facebook, you should. Um, And she's got a glow to her. She's got a glow to her. Just so, she's so happy. I love following. I love seeing her posts on Facebook. You should go see Eskimo Libertarian and follow her on Facebook because she's got a lot of fun stuff to say, especially when she gets into the meme category. She gets into the meme cat. She can make a mean meme, not mean it. I guess that was not the right thing to say. Somebody's going to take that. She makes mean memes. No, no. She makes a mean, She which fantastic, right? Like you make a mean cup of coffee. She makes a mean meme. They could also be mean though. If just in case you were wondering, uh, <laughs> Anyway, go follow Eskimo Libertarian uh, because she's got some fun stuff out there. And uh, 
I gotta, I gotta help out all my libertarian brothers and sisters. That's what I gotta do. Uh, Anthony said this race guns is a term that'll trigger the lefties. Yeah, I know. I just thought that when I said race guns, I mean, we've taught, we've said that for years, but lately, man, things have gotten so weird. If you say race on anything, it's been like, how are you going? I'm going to the races. What, what, what's the matter with you? You say race guns and it's like, oh man, uh, is that the, is that like the, is that like the, uh, protection guns and the other ones it's a race gun no it's a race gun as in going to the races as in car racing horse racing competition it's a it's a competition gun man people are so sensitive these days um i reached out to a youtuber who i discovered recently and have been following and uh this guy's name is decoy voice if you haven't watched this guy, he concises down stories and things from the internet into these little five, six, seven minute chunks, you know, because who's got time to sit through an hour and a half of somebody, wait a minute, um, who's got time sitting through somebody for an hour and a half who's ranting about, um, never mind, forget I said that. Anyway, he's got some really good stuff going on and uh, he's been kind of chronicling just the meltdown uh, that the left is eating itself and all this kind of stuff. And that, and oh man, he puts it up with videos and everything. The guy does a fantastic job. Anyway, I've invited him on the program. I'm hoping he's going to come on the program here shortly to discuss. And, um, but if you get a chance and you're on YouTube, go see decoy voice, tell him I sent you in the comments. That'd be funny. Maybe he'll answer my email. All right, here we go. The Michael Luke show comment sets, Liberty based free thinking radio. Let's do it. Okay, let's um, let's uh, let's get down into this and talk about some of the stories that are coming out today. Um, well, I'm gonna save the I'm gonna save the firearm stories for just a little bit. I got a couple other stories that are uh, caught my attention. Uh, did you see? <laughs> if you've bought a car lately uh, in the last couple of years. You know, it's an intense process. And then, of course, you love how, you know, you saw the MSRP on the car and you're like, okay, I can afford that. You run it through the calculator. Can I buy it for that much? If I put this much down, this will be my payment roughly. You know, let's just let, let's just get, I mean, it's a, it's a process, right? Well, apparently the new owner of a bunch of dealerships here in uh, the South Central area has, um, not been playing fair, I guess. I, I don't know. This is this is the story. I'll get I'll give you the story, and I have no experience with these folks. I don't know who they are. I don't I've not, you know, I've no experience with them. But I'll just throw it out there and let you make the decision on this. The Alaska Attorney General, Treg Taylor, has filed a lawsuit against one of the largest car dealership groups in the state 
for violating consumer protection laws. The suit alleges that the Swickard auto dealerships in Palmer and Anchorage, quote, engages in unfair and deceptive advertising practices, including advertising vehicles it does not possess, to drive foot traffic to its lot and refuses to honor advertised prices. Now, they purchased uh, a lot of the dealerships around the South Central area in 2020 and 2022, uh, including Mercedes-Benz of Anchorage, uh, Chevrolet Buick Cadillac of Anchorage, which used to be Alaska Sales and Service, um, the Chevrolet uh, uh, Buick GMC of Anchorage, Porsche of Anchorage, Audi of Anchorage, Volkswagen of Anchorage, and then Buick GMC of Palmer. Um, which uh, was the Wasilla, it's the Wasilla uh, Alaska sales location, I guess, or whatever it was. It, it was the Wasilla Chevy dealership. So they bought a bunch of different dealerships, um, and so they have a pretty significant market share in this area. So it turns out that there were several different instances. The complaint itself stems from three of those separate inc uh, incidences identified by customers late last year and early this year, and reviewed by the Alaska Department of Law Consumer Protection Unit. They claim that the Swicker dealerships used tactics of false advertisement. Uh, the investigation that took place resulted in Swicker claiming that two of the false advertisements were published unintentionally and that the third advertisement was accurate, but that a single overzealous salesperson refused to honor the advertised price. So then the Consumer Protection Unit went undercover and found that Swickard regularly engages in an unfair and deceptive business practice, including listing cars on their websites that are not in their lots, not locally available, and that the dealership does not intend to stock. They also allege that Swickard posts were uh, post these false advertisements to its website for the purposes of bringing customers onto the lot then selling those customers a different model at a price well above the MSRP, a classic bait-and-switch tactic. They also found that the dealerships advertise vehicles at or below the manufacturer's MSRP, but refused to honor that price at the point of sale. Employees would tell prospective buyers that they would not be allowed to complete the sale without the purchase of dealer add-ons such as extended warranties, exterior ceramic coating, and or door guards, that weren't disclosed in the advertisement. According to the complaint, employees of the dealerships have complained to the dealership about the unfair practices, but no changes have been made. Um, they are seeking 25 grand for each incident found to be in violation of the unfair trade practices. So, I mean, this is a, this is a, could be a significant deal. Um, now, having bought a car here in the last couple of years, I could tell you that, you know, I was offered all that stuff, extended warranties, exterior ceramic, by the way, I, I mean, I don't know how much it, I have a Mini Cooper, right? Which is not a huge car. Um, it was like $4,000 for the exterior ceramic coating for my car. And I was like, uh, no, <laughs> no, not for $4,000, not dork. I mean, if they were offering that to every vehicle, two, three, four thousand bucks. I mean, how much does it cost to do a truck with ceramic guard? I mean, there's a lot more, a lot more real estate on something like that. Uh, I mean, that's a significant money. Anyway, I thought it was an interesting uh, situation uh, that I would bring to your attention and let you decide what you thought of this. These are all the allegations. Um, and uh, you can, I guess we'll find out what happens uh, in the long run. The ADN also had this story. I was reading it from KTUU. Uh, the ADN also has this story. 
And I don't know if there was a comment from Swickard. Um, uh, nope, doesn't say. And it doesn't say that there was any commentary back from Swickard. Uh, they basically, although there was an interesting thing that said uh, the state's investigation found that, quote, Swickard's false advertisements were not mere accidents. In fact, Swickard engages in false advertising in violation of the consumer, uh, consumer protection laws virtually every day. Wow. That's not the kind of advertising you want to have out there. I just want to, as, a, as an advertising professional, I just want to say that when the attorney general files a 21-page complaint against you uh, and, and alleges all these things that they're alleging, ow, ow. That's not, that's not that, you know, they say all news is good news. That's not necessarily even good news. I mean, that's not. Yeah. So, uh, I guess we'll have to see, uh, what's going on there, but, uh, uh, you know, your mileage may vary. Uh, maybe you guys, maybe somebody out there has worked with them and had a, a, a great, um, experience. Well, feel free to call in and tell us about it. Uh, I've never worked with them. I've never, I've never uh, worked with them on that. So feel free to Feel free to straighten us out if you think that this is uh, if this is the raw deal. 319-527-3864. 319-527-3864. If you would like to sound off this morning, we'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Uh, and uh, just, you know, talk, talk about whatever we want to talk about today. Um, the other story that I wanted to get to <clears throat> this morning was this disastrous fire that's going on over on Maui. Now, you may say, well, that's not Alaska stuff. Well, you'll have to bear with me here. I lived on Maui um, for about a year, year and a half. Um, uh, right after high school, I went and uh, started commercial fishing uh, down in Kodiak and in the Bering Sea. And I spent about a year down there doing that. Um, and my parents invited me for like a final family hoorah before I was, you know, I mean, I guess before I was an adult, I don't know. I was already an adult, but you know what I mean? It was kind of like a final fa family gathering, uh, in Hawaii, which sounded great because I just spent, uh, four and a half, five weeks on the Bering Sea, uh, pulling crab pots and doing all this other, I mean, it was a, it was an exciting time. Let's just put it that way. And I was ready for a little bit of a break. Uh, so uh, I went to Maui uh, with my parents and we stayed at a family condo that the, the family had down there and uh, my grandparents owned. And uh, then when it got ready, this was during Christmas. And then when we got ready, everybody got ready to leave. I was like, you know, I don't know as I really want to leave. I'm feeling I'm liking it here. So I walked the docks. I got a job on a commercial um, charter boat. Um, and uh, I ended up staying on Maui for over a year. And uh, so I really, I, I love Maui. Uh, I thought it was a great place. I enjoyed it. It was a great time in my life. Let's just put it that way. I mean, to be, you know, young and free and uh, from Alaska, enjoying the, the tropical, you know, sunshine and just being warm all the time. It was great. I mean, it was great for about a year and a half. And then it was like, boy, this is boring. There's no summer or winter kind of thing. You're always complaining about something when you're young, I'm sure. Anyway, this wildfire on Maui and the ADN does have a before and after picture of Lahaina Town, which is the big tourist town on the western half of the island. And uh, wow, 
It's shocking. I mean, it looked like a bomb went off. It literally scrubbed the entire town, including that huge, beautiful banyan tree that's in the middle of downtown. It scrubbed it right down to the foundations. I mean, it looks like a tsunami came in and just wiped everything out. The entire town is gone. Uh, for those of you who have been to Maui and know Lahaina Town, that's, you know, and that town's over 100 years old, right? I mean, it's it's uh, it's got a lot of historic stuff in it or had a lot of historic stuff and everything else in it. 36 people have been killed so far. Um, and apparently this fire, and you would think that in the, I, again, I don't think about this kind of stuff because it's just not my normal chain. Of, you know, in Alaska, you're like, oh, wildfires. Yeah, lots of pine trees and things like that. You'd think that in the tropics with the humidity and all this kind of moisture and that it wouldn't be, man, this fire was running. They tell stories about people who ran to the store to get some water, came back to their apartment just in time to have the bushes beside the apartment burst into flame go inside, grab their clothes, and run out as their apartment building burns down. I mean, it's like, bam. Anyway, um, they uh, they are trying to get it under control. There's three separate fires on uh, uh, on Maui. Uh, Lahaina, of course. Uh, Kihei has got some uh, Kihei's got some fires in it. And then they've got one, uh, I don't know if it's up in Makawao country or up in uh, Wailuku uh, or... Um, um, up on the side of Haleakala, but they say up country. There's another fire up country as well. Uh, and they're fighting these blazes and they, and it's, it's unprecedented. They've never seen this kind of stuff. They said the, uh, national guard helicopters have dropped 150,000 gallons of water on the Maui fires. And it's just barely slowing them down. I don't even know if they have like, do they even have smoke jumpers or anything else like that in Hawaii? I don't know. You wouldn't think so. But I just wanted to talk about it real quick because uh, Maui always held kind of a special place in my heart. I loved uh, I loved being there, and I enjoyed the time with the family and all my experiences. Uh, you know, as I as a young man there, as I lived there, all the people that I met and everything else. It was a fun time. I mean, when you're when you're when you're uh, when you're when your office, your daily office, is one of the top ten dive spots in the world, and you go there every day. That's kind of a special thing. That's kind of a special day. I used to, every day I would, we'd run the charter boats out to uh, Molokini Crater. That was uh, an amazing time. Um, I mean, I'm glad I live in Alaska because you do get a little sick of that all the time. I know it's crazy, isn't it? Too much of a good thing is too much. But uh, anyway, my heart and thoughts go out with the folks out there who are in Maui dealing with all this stuff. I mean, and you're on an island. You can't even get away. There's stories of people who are in Lahaina as the fire ripped through the town, they had to evacuate into the ocean to get away from it. That's a fast-moving fire. Anyway, uh, so that was one of the other stories. Um, we're coming up uh, on the next break. I guess we'll just, uh, I don't know, I'm just chatting about the stories that I caught my eye today. And I've got open phones, so whatever you want to talk about, feel free to do so. You can also come in the chat room and talk with us there. 319-527-3864. 319-527-3864. Back with more of the Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. We're 
broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, it was. That's right, Brian. It was the final family vacation just before my parents moved and didn't want to leave a forwarding address. They were just like, yeah, yeah. Um, But that's what it was. It was kind of like the final hoorah of the whole family being together. Uh, And it was great. It was an enjoyable time. Uh, And then I just didn't want to just didn't want to leave. It was one of those things. Um, let me go back up here. What are we talking about? Um, rumor has it the, uh, fifth circuit fifth fifth circuit told the ATF that the pistol brace rule was not in their, where, uh, their wheelhouse. I haven't heard anything yet. I know that the Supreme court on Tuesday, we're going to talk about that here in a bit issued a stay. Um, I mean, they, they, they squashed the stay, of the ghost gunning, um, of the ghost gunning, uh, uh, ruling by the fifth circuit. Um, we'll, uh, we'll see what, uh, we'll see what happens with that. We're going to talk about that here in just a little bit, uh, as well. Um, let's see. I'm here because of statehood. Alaska became a state January 3rd. I was born on September 26th, thinking some celebrating was going on, says Jeffrey. <laughs> Um, no, 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 don't go there. Okay. Uh, Buick is still a thing. Yeah. Uh, he sounds like an unfrosted pop tart. Uh, I don't know what she was referring to there, but you know, who could afford a new, a car in this economy? Yeah. Um, um, I saw a Mini Cooper the other day wrapped with the logo Mini Hearse. You know, surprisingly, uh, Mini Cooper uh, is one of the safest cars on the road um, today. It is one of the safest cars. Um, first of all, it weighs more than a thing weighs like weighs as much as a Cadillac. I mean, the thing is heavy, heavy. You know, you get a car, small car, and you open the doors and. This thing is built of heavy rolled steel. It's got heavy, the doors on it are like, you swing the door closed and it's like a chunk, right? The whole car is significantly heavier than its counterparts or what it would look like. Then inside, it's got like 15 airbags. The doors, windows, sidewalls, ceiling, back of the seats. I mean, there's, you're like, a, you're in a cocoon. Um, I actually saw a Mini Cooper get head on, uh, on the Seward Highway a few years ago. Um, and, uh. And I, I was looking at it, uh, you know, all the different airbags. I mean, the, and the driver was fine. The It was a head-on. Uh, and the driver survived uh, with some injuries, minor injuries. But you looked inside the car, and it was just like nothing but white airbags everywhere. Um, this is my second Mini Cooper. I I have the first one so much, uh, I, I got another one. Well, it was so good. So... Um, it was a, it was definitely, definitely a good, and I get 38 miles to the gallon on the highway. <laughs> it's got the zoom, zoom, a little turbocharged four cylinder. It's got the zoom, zoom, but I also get 38 miles an hour on the highway. 
or 38 mile to the gallon rather on the highway. So it's uh, it's a good little car made by BMW, uh, surprisingly, in England by BMW. Or not by, it's made by Mini, but it's, it's Mini's owned by BMW. So it's got a lot of German and BMW parts in there. So it's a thing. Anyway. Sherry said, I went to Maui last April, fell in love with the island. The local people are so gracious, praying for them. Yeah, they're great people there. They really are. They're really some laid back, cool people. Um, looks like campaign season is kicking off. Lots of kickoff events for Anchorage mayor, U.S. senator, and U.S. rep. Yep. We're about to come into election season. We're about to come in and do it all over there. Um, okay. Um, Eskimo seeing lots of baggage ads. Campaign season starting. Um, you have to disconnect the entire K-frame to work on the uh, to work in the engine or transmission. Coopers are great rides. Mechanics hate them. Maybe, but they're great. Um. Eskimo, Eskimo Libertarian says, my first car was a Chevy Aveo. The thing is practically a go-kart. I mean, that's what I feel like sometimes because of the the size of the car. But no, it's, I mean, it's rock solid. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's rock solid uh, for being, uh, uh, and it's just, it's unique. And quite honestly, one of the most comfortable cars I've, I mean, I'm a big guy. I'm almost six foot tall and wide, Right. And when I come out of that thing, people go, where are the rest of the clowns? How did you get in there? How did you fit yourself in there? One of the most comfortable cars I've ever, I've ever uh, driven. Okay. Um, check out the must-read article about the endangered birds in the Polaris building. Compo pranked Prues. Oh, my God. Did he really? <laughs> Compo. He's a genius. Him and Bill Satterberg. We used to always do a, we always used to do an April Fool's Day show. All right, we got to go. Here we go. Jump back into it. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. No. Okay. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so somebody just somebody just said in the chat room that there's another story that I got to cover here, and I'm trying to get the link to it. Um, I I don't I don't want to comment on it quite yet. Hold on a second here. Let me. All right, that's muted. Um, I want to take a look at this story out of Fairbanks. Um. Oh, come on. I want to see all of the comments. Come on. Dog on it. <clears throat> Hold on a second here. I'm going to pull all the comments up real quick because this, uh, this was an interesting, uh, this is an interesting thing. Can I get, I can't, um, Jeffrey, uh, go ahead and drop that link back in the chat room. Would you for that again? Uh, I want to take a look at it. Uh, we've got more stories coming up, including the latest. Um, 
the latest uh, uh, stories uh, from the headlines, including the Supreme Court uh, letting the ghost gun regulation stand uh, pending the ongoing lawsuit uh, over the 80% rule, the 80% lowers the ghost gun regulations in the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. Uh, or the Fifth Circuit, which is now going to go to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals here shortly. And uh, we'll talk just a little bit about that um, here in just uh, in just a few moments. And we'll see what uh, we'll see what goes on with that. Plus, we've got some other stories and headlines, but it is uh, open line, open form. So anything you guys want to talk about is fair game. And you guys can... Uh, Give us the uh, give us your thoughts on pretty much anything. I'm ready down for uh, uh, for any dis- discussion, including uh, the uh, favorite movies, books, TV shows. Uh, we were just talking about cars here a minute ago during the break. My little talking about my little car and and how safe it was because I think people I think people have a misconception that just because a car might be smaller doesn't mean that it's not as safe um, as it should be. So we'll we'll talk about that. All right, here's the story that I was looking for. So Craig Campo of Campos in Fairbanks is well known to be a prankster. I mean, anytime Craig talks to me about stuff, about half the time I'm waiting for the punchline to come in, right? Just because you just don't know what's good. Um, well, <clears throat> he... Uh, he he does he does some stuff that is he's known for practical joking and especially he and Bill Satterberg we used to do stuff on the program all the time especially around April Fool's Day that would just I mean people would lose their minds because it was so it sounded so serious and so real anyway um, he 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 sent a letter this is probably one of his best practical jokes ever according to Must Read he sent a letter to Fairbanks Mayor Dave Pruse. From an organization known as the Fairbanks Audubon Restoration Team, telling the mayor to cease and desist the demolition of the Polaris Building, which, for those of you who don't know, the Polaris Building is an old hotel in downtown Fairbanks, one of the tallest structures in Fairbanks, but it's been abandoned for years, and it's it's an eyesore, and it's got. Uh, I went to my prom. I went to my prom dinner there. I took my date, my prom date, up to the top of the Polaris Building. I remember that. That was probably the last time I was in the Polaris Building. Uh, anyway, they're tearing it down. They finally got some money to tear it down. And, uh, so he sends this letter of cease demolition. He says the reason there's evidently a nesting peregrine falcon and her two chicks in one of the building windows and the bird is protected by federal law. The photo that was accompanying the letter was, was a convincing piece of artificial intelligence artistry. He basically had AI build him a picture using a picture of the Polaris with hawks and um, Prus received the letter at the mayor's offer, uh, office after it was announced on the X-Rock Morning Show, which is one of the sister stations for KFAR in Fairbanks, by uh, my friend Glenn Anderson, who's the host of the show. Um, <laughs> after, <laughs> after receiving the letter, Prus was heard muttering, muttering to his chief of staff that they can go screw themselves. Uh, that's not what he said before he left for an appointment. Um, anyway, it ultimately they uh, when it all came down to it, uh, 
it, it all ran off the rails. Uh, it and runs nearly a full day before Dave Proust finally learned it was a prank, and then of course he laughed and took it and took it in stride because he's known Compo for years. Anyway, Vid is hysterical, hysterical. What was really funny is that nobody seemed to notice there was a dead giveaway in the whole thing that the Fairbanks Audubon Restoration Team. You should have known because the acronym for that organization was fart. Yes, it was a fart joke. <laughs> oh man, Compo, you are killing me, man. You are killing me. Uh, what a great, uh, what a great, uh, uh, <laughs> only in Fairbanks could you pull off something like that. I think, well, probably any small town, but boy, howdy, what a hysterical, hysterical thing to have happen. Um, all right. <clears throat> Uh, 319-527-3864. If you want to sound off and change the direction of the conversation, feel free to do so. 319-527-3864 is the phone number. And you guys can uh, come on board and uh, and chat about pretty much anything that uh, you want to talk about today. Um, We're coming up on the season now. Uh, we're into the end, you know, into the, into the end, we're into the, uh, near coming near the middle of August and it won't be too long before, you know, we start getting into some of this electoral stuff. Uh, we got the session coming up. We're going to have plenty of politics. We're going to have plenty of politics to run from, but I'm working on some new segments that I wanted to give you guys a heads up on. Um, I'm working on, uh, uh, I've, I've reached out to a couple of content creators on YouTube. Um, and I've reached out to some authors talking about some different stuff as well. I just want to kind of get some different flavors of things on the show. Uh, and I'm hoping that, uh, we can have some of that on also working on, we will be covering a couple national things, but mostly about the budget itself. Uh, Maya McGinnis from citizens for responsible budgets, uh, at the government level, uh, is at the national level. Uh, she's been on the program before, but we've invited her back to the program as well. And we're going to be working on just, um, um, we're just, we're, we're going to be, uh, working on a bunch of different stuff rather than a continuation of the same old same. I mean, not that I don't enjoy talking to the same group of people over and over and over again, but I always want, I want to mix it up a little bit and keep it, try and keep it fresh, uh, with some of the other things. So if you guys have got suggestions on somebody especially somebody Alaskan who you think that I should interview, then uh, I would ask you to send me an email. It's me at michaeldukeshow.com. M-E at Michael Dukes Show. Two S's, Dukes and Show. Me at michaeldukeshow.com. Send me an email and suggest um, uh, suggest a, uh, uh, you know, a guest for the show. Somebody you think I should reach out to from an Alaskan perspective on something. Uh, also, I got an email and I haven't responded yet. And I'm a bad host for not doing that. I actually got an email email from representative Elise Galvin staff wanting to come on the program on a regular basis to talk about, uh, stuff and why not, you know, uh, Elise Galvin and I will probably not agree on anything, but it's always, uh, a, um, an interesting discussion when you get two opposing viewpoints. Uh, and as long as, you know, I think I think it would be an interesting thing. So I've got to reach back out to our office to get her back uh, to get them on the program here on a semi-regular basis or topic for discussion. 
somebody in the chat room just said showers. Oh, Donna in the chat room just said showers discussion on the Battle of Mid Midway yesterday was awesome. Yeah, I thought it was fun. I thought it was informative. I mean, it's not like he's a historian or an expert, but it was interesting to see the battles that he thought were some of the most important. I love that. I love that a lot. Okay, uh, we're coming up on the break. Next hour, we're going to transition. We're going to go to guns. We're going to guns. You know, like a fighter pilot goes to guns when the missiles are bingo. Uh, we're going to go to guns and talk about some of the firearms news around the country. It's all coming up dead ahead. Hour two of the Michael Duke Show, Thursday edition, which today is actually a Thursday and a Friday edition because I'm not going to be here tomorrow. We'll be back with more. If you got to go to work, I understand. Be kind, love one another, live well. Thanks for being a member of the 6 o'clock club. We'll see you guys on the other side. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Yeah, it was interesting. I got the I got the request from um, Senator Galvin's office, and uh, I think we're going to set up a time to have her on the show every uh, every other week or something. Every couple weeks, we'll have her on the program to talk about things from the uh, Democrats' perspective. I used to have um, I used to have Zach Fields put a stop to it when he became the PR flack for the Democratic Party, uh, but I used to have um, Jacob. Talk on it. I can't remember his last name now. Anyway, he was the PR flack for the Democrats, and he would come on my show every week, and we would talk about things. And uh, he was a he was a he was a good guy. He was a really good guy. In fact, he got in trouble for coming on my show because they didn't like him. I mean, he was he had a sense of humor, right? We used to play the uh, the I don't know it was the Red Army song of the Republic or something when he came on and. And he would make jokes, uh, you know, we'd talk about Doc Comrade and things like that. He was very convivial. Uh, he and I actually had lunch a couple times, um, uh, at, at, you know, off the air, I mean, just away. He and I just sat down and had lunch. I mean, we're never going to agree politically, but he was a great guy. And boy, I think we need more of that. So it was, uh, you know, it, it's a good thing. Okay. Um... <laughs> Anthony says you got you thinking too hard on the words talking about guns first it was the race guns and now you just caught yourself saying transition to guns and stopped yourself <laughs> I gotta go to guns no I mean the transition would have been when the Steve was talking about the transition from rifles to pistols that's a transition that I can get better from pistols to rifles that's a transition I can get behind you want to transition? You transition from rifles to pistols. It reminds me of Jeff Cooper's old saying that um, it was like, oh, how did it go? Uh, pistols are only good for fighting your way back to your house where you left your rifle that you should never have left behind to begin with, something like that. Pistols are great, but you should never have left your rifle behind because your rifle is the real one. That's what I like. How many times have you watched a show where the hero of the show is going around with a pistol and he's blaming all these guys who are carrying you know, submachine guns, you know, carbines or rifles. 
And he just, you know, he, he, may, he may pick one up again for a hot second and use it in a close quarter thing. And then he drops it, goes back for his pistol again. And I'm like, you just left a perfectly good rifle right there. I mean, that rifle is going to hit much harder than your, you know, why, why did you do that? Why did you do that? You know, I, it always, it always cracks me up because, you know, that if I wrote a series like that, it would be like, I used my pistol to get a rifle and then put my pistol back in my holster and use the rifle from then on, because that's the, that's the stuff right there. If you have to, if you have to protect yourself and go into combat, that's what it is. Uh, if you aren't get your arm brace, isn't that a means to transition to a larger caliber? Yes, yes, it is. That's how you get to the larger caliber is with the arm brace. We know that for a fact because the president said it. We know that that is the it's the increasing caliber from the and it turns it into a gun. By the way, it turns the pistol into a gun. Just in case you weren't aware of that. <laughs> Uh, okay. Um, what is that Jeff Cooper comment? Uh, now it's, um, rifle, uh, left, uh, let's see. Um, uh, let me see here. I'm looking at I'm a pistol, uh, versus pistol. Uh, left. Okay. Um, (laughs) okay. I I can't find it now, but it was, I read this, I read this, uh, uh, I read this thing a long time ago and it was, you know, something you use your pistol to fight your way back to your rifle that you should never have left behind in the first place. Something like that. That was kind of the, uh, that was kind of the comment here. I don't see it now. I'll have to go back and look at that. I'll post it up on the Facebook page when I finally, uh, when I finally, uh, discover it, I'll come back to it there and I'll post it up on the Facebook page. Okay. Uh, what else you guys been saying here in the chat room this morning, 38 days till moose camp, but who's counting? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Eskimo Libertarian called her car the Blueberry. The Blueberry. I named her Blueberry, her little Chevy. It was a Blueberry. Um, I, I did never have named my car. I've never, does everybody name their cars? I don't name my car. Oh, we, I, I take it back. We had a, we had a Chrysler minivan that we called the eggplant because it was purple. We jokingly called it the eggplant, but it wasn't an everyday thing. It was just, you know, the eggplant. Um, that was a good car. It was really a good car. Um, not sure it was Cooper, says uh, Brian Cherry. I think it was Chesty. Chesty Puller? Um, which, for those of you who don't know, that sounds dirty. Chesty Puller is a U.S. Marine general. So just in, just in case, it's like Chesty Puller. Uh, <laughs> is your car a he or a she says Kyle. Um, I'm not going to assume it's gender, Kyle. I wouldn't do that. That would be, that would be wrong to assume it's gender. It's a car. I don't know. Um, 
Anyway, uh, we got we got to jump back into it. Uh, the Michael Duke show. Oh, it was a summons. It was a summons. See, that's what you get, folks. A summons, and that's what happens. Here we go. Common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Back with more after this. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Yep, live around the world on that thing we call the internet. And live around the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Good morning, my friends. Uh, We are into it for Thursday. Uh, But this is kind of a strange, this is like a hybrid Thursday, Friday kind of thing. Because I will not be here tomorrow. Tomorrow, I will not be here tomorrow. I will be, um, well, I'll, I'll be somewhere. I'll be asleep. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be hanging out. It'll be a day off, uh, taking a little bit of an early break. Uh, since my birthday is midweek next week, I decided that if I wanted to take any time, I should do it on the weekend. And it was either Monday or Friday. I decided to make it a Friday. So here we are, uh, jumping into it and, uh, and loving it. Uh, and so today is going to be my final broadcast day for this week, but we will be back on Monday. That means no firearms Friday tomorrow. So no Willie, no Chris Chang. They're all going to be back with me next week. I've already rescheduled all that. So they're going to be with me next week to talk about stuff. Um, but, uh, so today it's kind of a hybrid day. We're ta- we've been talking about some state stuff. We talked about a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And now I want to focus a little bit on firearms, because if I don't get my firearms uh, news fix in here, I'm going to lose my mind. So we're going to talk about some of that stuff as well. But more importantly, the phone lines are open right now. If you would like to sound off, we'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Phone number to call is 319-527-3864. 319-527-3864. If you'd like to call in, we'd love to hear what you guys have to say on any topic Especially if it's gun-related, uh, we can do that. I've got a bunch of stories that uh, we can uh, talk about here. Everybody in the chat room is now talking about their first little, their first cars. Because we got talking about cars. I mean, this is the most random show today you've ever probably participated in. Your first ever, everybody's like identifying the first cars they ever had. Uh, Dodge Neon, a 
What was the one that 70, 84 Chevy, Chevy Suburban? They called it Big Red. Did you name your cars was the question. I've never named my cars. It's not like a boat where you have to name it or a ship where you have to name it. For me personally, I know many people have, but it's it's just not something I think of. I think of it as the car. But uh, yeah, those first cars are special. Those first time you had your cars, there's, I, in fact, I still have my first car. It's parked up at my parents' house in the in the in their back forty under nothing but a tarp. I don't even know if the tarp may not even still be there. Uh, my first car was a '71 Torino Cobra Jet. Ah, uh, yeah, baby. Um, but anyway, you could you could go check it out. Um, yeah. So what was what was your first car? That was the question we were talking about during the uh, during the break. But let's move over into headlines. Let's move over into headlines and talk about some of the stories that are going on out there and what um, some of the important stuff. This is a story that I was, well, a little disappointed in, uh, to say the least, because this is typical. I think what we're seeing now um, is more and more a push by bureaucracies and politicians towards authoritarianism. I mean, I've always been concerned about that. Uh, You know, I'm a libertarian, right? I'm a little concerned about that to begin with. But it seems to be getting more and more overt. And this is a case in point that I think that nobody really caught, uh, you know, caught on to. And it's just another example of how they're trying to bamboozle the public who, for the most part, is probably not really paying attention to it. But here's what you got going on right now. Every year, Congress passes the NDAA, right? The National Defense Authorization Act. They're basically funding the military and national defense. Uh, It's usually has very little opposition, but they have been known to stuff that thing like a like a Thanksgiving turkey. I mean, you know, they will put in they will put in things that have absolutely nothing to do with the defense of the nation, with the military and authorizing the expenditures for the military. Almost nothing to do that. Um, But it's no surprise to most people when Congress does this, when they stuff the bill and and put pork in it. Pork is almost in everything that they make these days. So we usually just kind of shrug over it. But um, there are often more insidious components or measures that are hiding in these bills that, quite frankly, no one reads until it's all over. They pass it, then they read it, right? Because that's part of the process is that you've got a 12,000-page document, but you've got to vote on it in two days. There's no way you're going to get through every... I mean, it's just that's how it is. They make the bill so monstrous and so, you know, huge that you're never going to find every, and they hide little Easter eggs in there for you to find. Case in point, for 63 years, this is uh, from the uh, Federalist, by the way, Federalist.com. For 63 years, the United States Congress has drafted and passed the National Defense Authorization Act. The purpose of the act is to pass the country's defense budget for the following fiscal year. While Americans are focused on inflation and other trending topics, this bill passes every year under the radar. It's Congress's way of slowly chipping away at the constitutional rights of millions of Americans without any pushback, mainly because people don't know about it. However, the 2024 NDAA, which was passed last month, July, 
includes all sorts of new provisions, laws, and pork barrel spending. But it also includes something slightly more sinister than redefining copyright inf uh, infringements and allocating billions of taxpayers' dollars to defense uh, spending. Hidden deep within the pile of obligatory spending requirements between the veterans' housing budget and the plan to rebuild a hospital in, uh, in Vacays, which is a little island in part of Puerto Rico, studious readers will notice a single paragraph. This is a single paragraph in between requirements for spending and a veterans' housing project and this hospital in Puerto Rico. A single paragraph. And here's what it says. Section 2F of the Undetectable Firearms Act of 1988, U.S. Code 9922, uh, is amended by striking the effective date and the sunset provision, and all that follows throw the act and the amendments and inserting the following effective date, this act and the amendments, and by striking the paragraph. Now, that might be a confusing piece of lingo for those of you who have not followed along or been part of any kind of bill drafting or law writing. But essentially, what they did was, I mean, it looks harmless enough, right, is they effectively killed the sunset provision of the Undetectable Firearms Act of 1988. It looks harmless enough at first glance. It, to fully understand how it infringes on the Second Amendment, you have to actually go back to the Undetectable Firearms Act of 1988 and see what it says and why striking the effective dates puts all of our rights in jeopardy. So the Undetectable Firearms Act was passed in 1988, obviously, and this was well before 3D printing was anything, right? This was this is a 3D printing. This was not even a thing back in 1988. It was all predicated on a misunderstanding about something new that was coming to the market at that time. Glock pistols were coming to the U.S. market, which were a polymer frame. Up until 19, you know, the late 80s, there was really, that was a whole brand new thing, right? Polymer framed pistols, plastic pistols. That, that, that just, uh, of course, today we know that there's a whole different deal on that. But at the time, plastic frame, that just, it, and then, of course, remember in the movies like Die Hard or Die Hard 2, where John McClane talks about Glocks getting through metal detectors, which is untrue because, because while you could make, a, in, in, people have made, obviously, the Liberator 3D printer pistols, they have made polymer, full polymer pistols. The internal workings of that pistol are still metal. Like you've still got to have a barrel to contain the explosion of the of the charge, right? So you've still got a rod of metal. You've still got all the springs and everything else. They're still metal. They're still detected. But see, the movies and the TVs, they treated it like it was science fiction, like it could get through metal detectors. And some of the Congress critters at the time, I remember this. They, they were just all up in arms about it, that we've got to find a way to prevent. Otherwise, these things will just be going through metal detectors like crazy and, and all this kind of stuff. And so they came up with this law. The Undetectable Firearms Act, which, I mean, is ridiculous, but it had a sunset clause on it. When 3D, when 3D printing came out, the law also applied to 3D printed guns. And so early 3D printed uh, firearms often included a certain amount of metal that could be detected. Uh, and that made the guns perfectly legal under the law. 
However, it is certainly possible these days to use undetectable metal if so desired. But I mean, these are very expensive. It's, it's just it's cost prohibitive at that point. Uh, I don't think anybody is going to uh, jump into the middle of that. And besides, now that you have x-ray scanning machines and all these other things, it's not simply a metal detector. They literally scan your body with a machine. I don't think that this is, I mean, trust me on this. But here you go. They have now brought back and included, uh, killed this sunset, or uh, killed the sunset provision of the Undetectable Firearms Act. And they did it in such a way that nobody would notice or complain. If that, and intentionally, they intentionally hide this one paragraph in between two other major, which I'm assuming were multiple paragraphs or even multiple page issues. The first being the, uh, the obligatory spending requirements between the veterans housing budget and a plan to build a hospital in Puerto Rico. I'm assuming those ran onto multiple pages. They included one paragraph right in the middle of all that. Oh, that's not intentional, right? If that doesn't make the hairs on the back of your neck stand up, you may need a checkup from the neck up. Because that's intentional. That's sneaky. I'm interested to know whose office put that in there. I'm curious. Can we trick track back to figure out where, you know, who put it in there and why? And what's it going to be used for in the future? That's the scary part. What can it be used for in the future? And, of course, this is their way of pushing back against anybody who would deign to want to make a firearm that's not under government control. See, that's the end game here. That's the end game of the ghost gunners and the 80% lower thing, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. The Supreme Court ruled this week on that deal. Uh, we're going to, you know, that's the end game here. That government wants to know about every gun. First of all, it's never going to happen, but that's what they want. They want control of, regulation of, registration of every gun out there. And anybody that can make their own firearm is, I mean, it's a threat. They're going to find, I mean, I could walk into any Lowe's or Home Depot right now and build a gun. It's not hard. It's not hard to do it. Now, it may only be good for one or two or three shots, but hey, there you go. I can build a gun. So are they going to outlaw everything at Lowe's and Home Depot? No? Okay. What are we going to do from here? All right, we gotta we gotta go here. We're coming up on the break. Uh, we're gonna continue. It is the Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. We'll return with more here in just a moment. Back with more right after this. Don't go anywhere. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these uh, entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Man, you guys would rather talk about... You guys... You guys, 
you guys want to talk about all your cars instead of the gun stuff, which is fine. I think that's great. Um, let's see. A bright orange Chevy Chevette hatchback is what Kyle had. Ooh, my eyes. Oh, my eyes. <laughs> uh, Greg uh, had a 72 Ford Maverick. Mavericks were pretty cool. The Mavericks were kind of cool cars. I mean, they were like that cross between the family car and the Mustang, right? I mean, they were kind of, I mean, they weren't shaped the same, but it was the same kind of thing. I like the Mavericks. They were very cool. Um, uh, seven, 53 Willis Jeep. Woo. Bet that was good on the old spine. Jeremy says his first car was a 79 Camaro with T-tops. Oh, the 79 T, the, the, the Camaros, the Firebirds. With the T-tops, oh, it was so cool. Those are that—that that is the epitome of my high school youth. There was a couple of kids that had Camaros that were like T-top Camaros and, and Firebirds there. Oh, man. <clears throat> Melissa drove a 73 yellow caddy. She was fancy. She was fancy. 73 yellow caddy. Ooh, Barbara had a slant window. 61 Barracuda. Nice. Spitfire with a rag top, says Tawny. Yellow Spitfire. Uh, Jeannie says her first car was a dune buggy. It was a Manx dune buggy. I pulled it up to the DMV in it, and the ancient tester said, how do you get into this thing? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Donna had a, a, a Triumph Spitfire as well. Man. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, mine was a 71 Torino, uh, Ford Torino, that I found behind a gas station. And I was looking for a Mustang. I wanted a Mustang. Um, but this one turned out to be more unique because it was a Cobra Jet Torino, which for those of you who don't know, is it had, it had a, a shaker hood. It come up through, you, the whole hood had a hole, uh, the hood had a hole in it and you, and a shaker scoop would come up through the hood on the top of the engine and it would just burr, 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 and it would it had a uh it had a 351 Cleveland Cobra jet motor in it which is an unusual most of the Cobra jets were 429s um but this one had uh this one had, had it was a special order from the factory originally and when I got it it had it was a pimp mobile when I got it it had it had carpety fur that had been glued to the entire dash <laughs> it was so raggedy <laughs> so raggedy oh man anyway i bought that car uh i drove it for a little bit and then i rebuilt the engine uh with the help of a neighbor who was an old mechanic and uh, i drove that car for i don't know a couple years and somebody stole it when i was out of town and i recovered it and i kept it again anyway it was I still have it. It's not in great shape right now. It needs a full rebuild, but I still have it. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, what a fun car. Maybe, maybe, maybe for my 60th birthday, I'll rebuild that car because that was a, that's a fun car. Definitely, definitely a cool, cool vehicle. Um, kids these days are into $120,000 pickups. I guess that runaway son has, I guess that runaway son has this in his sights. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, Rick says he had a 68 Torino. 
Yeah, I like the I like the body style of the seventy seventy one Torino better. It it made that shift in the seventy seventy one Torino, uh, but it wasn't a four twenty nine. It was a three fifty one C Cobra Jet. Uh, it actually had. I actually ran the numbers on the blocks and the heads, and it actually came out that they they basically it was an S it was the pre runner to the Ford SVO division, which is the special vehicle you know racing division. The engine had the it was a factory tweaked engine. It was anyway. It was cool. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Uh, all right, let's get back to it. Uh, I guess we'll talk about. Uh, I guess we'll talk about guns again. We could just talk about cars. Um, let's jump to it. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Like and share. Here we go. Right now. What the hell's an assault weapon? You know, if we could just figure out how to get all of the murder guns and the attack guns and not keep selling those to people and just sell protection guns, I think that would be great and solve a lot of problems. Does this mean that if we hurt your feelings, you'd consider the Michael Dukes show assault radio? <laughs> okay, we can live with that. Here's Michael Dukes. Welcome back. Uh, yeah, baby. Yeah, lots of good stuff here. Let's continue on. Uh, we got some news stories. And, of course, as I said before, the phone lines are open at 319-527-3864. 319-527-3864. Love to hear what you guys have to say this morning. It is open line, open form. They are going to town in the uh, in the chat room right now talking about all their first vehicles. Everything from the, uh, uh, everything from the bright orange Chevy Chevette. To the 73, Melissa drove a 73 Cadillac, yellow Cadillac. And a couple of Spitfires. Apparently Triumph Spitfire is pretty popular. There's a couple couple folks in there with the Triumph Spitfires as their first car. Um, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool to go back and, uh, and think about, you know, where were you at? Back in my day, I drove a horse and buggy. I mean, you know, whatever it was for you back in the day. Rick drove a 49 Chevy pickup. It's kind of cool. That's that's kind of cool stuff. Anyway, uh, we are um, ready to go. A couple more stories here on the um, uh, on the update. First thing uh, I want to tell you: we just talked about the uh, NDAA, that insertion into the NDAA, that one paragraph that removed the sunset from the um, uh, removed the sunset from the Undetectable Firearms Act. Uh, sneaky, sneaky bastards that they are over there. That's the that's the place to go and uh, take a look at that. But let's get into the big ruling this week. The big ruling came out on Tuesday uh, from the Supreme Court. Uh, the Supreme Court has let the Biden ghost gun regulation stand pending an ongoing lawsuit. Uh, there was a July decision in the case of Vander, uh, Vanderstock versus Garland. Uh, and Judge Reed O'Connor of the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Texas basically put a stay on the rules for the BATF on the so-called ghost gun kits. Now, these are the 80% lowers and basically bricks of metal that are not firearms, that are not readily, I mean, they say, I love it when they say readily convertible, um, you know, like, oh, we could just go into our kitchen and in 10 minutes make a gun. 
<laughs> no, that's not how it works. But that's how they want you to think it works, right? That's the important part. So they basically put a stay on that to hold the hand of the BATF and keep it, you know, keep them from uh, enforcing it. Yesterday or uh, Tuesday, the Supreme Court, in a one-page order with no analysis, decided that the district court opinion of stopping the enforcement of the uh, ghost gun regs is stayed pending the disposition of the appeal in the United States Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit. So, in other words, the the BATF still have legal force on those regulations for for now. Uh, But if you want to see how this will look like when it goes to, if it ends up going to the Supreme Court, uh, four justices abstained and did not join this order. Justice Thomas, Justice Alito, Justice Gorsuch, and Justice Kavanaugh would have all denied um, um, you know, would have would have stayed out of it. They all said they did not join on the order. Um, and so we're now waiting on the U.S. Uh, Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals to go through this and take a look at that. Now, remember, the Fifth Circuit has been doing some interesting work. This is the northern. This is in the you know this is Texas. Part of Texas is the Fifth Circuit covers part of Texas. And uh, they have been really, I would say, friendly. Uh, they did the whole bump stock thing. Remember, they said it was legal to own bump stocks. And they put a stay on, uh, and they said that the ATF had overreached their authority. And I think this is going to be another one of those overreaches. This is where the Biden administration tried to extend firearms regulations to a lot of things that are not guns. Basically, through redefinition. I mean, they have had on its website, the ATF has had on their website, and in fact, it's still on their website, a page assuring the public that the ATF uh, ATF has long held that items such as blank receivers, castings, or machine bodies, where they are completely solid and uncut, have not reached the stage of manufacture that would result in the classification of a firearm. Yet these other laws and rules that they're putting up, these permit, are doing exactly that. They're changing the definition of what a firearm is, just like they're doing the same thing with the uh, with the arm brace, the pistol braces. They're doing the same thing. But, I mean, it's not like definitions have ever held any of these politicians back. I mean, just, you know, because they don't understand what the definition is. The politicians don't understand how this stuff works to begin with. Put a pistol on a brace, it turns into a gun. Makes it more, you can have a higher caliber weapon, a higher caliber bullet coming out of that gun. It's essentially turning it into a short barrel rifle, which has been a weapon of choice by a number of mass shooters. If you put this, if you put this on a pistol, it turns it into a gun. But then you can shoot a higher caliber of bullet out of it, right? I mean, these are... These are your leaders, folks. These are the people who are out there making laws that you have to abide by or else. Or else they will send their people with guns to put you in a cage. But, but this is the kind of stuff that the, the, this is, they're the ones writing the laws. We all know that because of the ammunition magazines that can be strapped on to so many pistols, that these become automatic weapons similar to AK-47s. What? Ammunition magazines that can be strapped on to so many pistols 
that these become automatic weapons similar to AK-47s. I mean, you just put a... Ma- I need some of those magazines. Can you find me a magazine that turns my pistol into an AK-47? I want to strap those magazines onto my pistols that turn a semi-automatic pistol into a full-auto AK-47. Where is this magical stuff? Again... This is not just Joe Blow on the street that has no idea what he's talking about. These are the leaders of the free world. These are people in your Congress, in your White House, that are talking about things of which they have no knowledge of, and they are writing laws which you and your children will be susceptible to. I mean, it, it, not, no, nobody? You're not like... Well, um, I mean, just think about any, just think about any field that you work in, any, anybody out there, whatever field that you work in, think about somebody walking in from the outside to your place of work or business or your job and saying, no, we're not going to do, you know, you, you're not going to be able to do what you need to do anymore because fill in the blank. They say something completely nonsensical that is obviously outside the actual realm of reality. And then they tell you, if you do that again, you're going to jail. If you flip that burger that way, you're going to jail. If you install that wire that way, you're going to jail. It just These are the people who are leading us today and writing the laws that you are compelled by force of law, by threats of violence, to comply with if you have ever seen a gunman fire what looks like a machine gun with just one hand that's what pistol braces allow you to do i say hold up wait a minute something ain't right (laughs) that's what pistol to fire a machine gun again they turn it into a machine gun i mean and this has been going on for years I mean, this is the whole Carolyn McCarthy, the shoulder thing that goes up thing, right? What's a what's a barrel shroud? It's the shoulder thing that goes up. What? What? These people are writing your laws. And they have no idea. And then again, you get the ATF and there are some smart people that are in the government that are in these bureaucracies and they do things like this where for years they said, Oh no, this item is fine. For years they said, this item is totally legal. Uh, 80% lower or 80% receiver, you know, a brick of a brick of aluminum, um, a bump stock. Those are perfectly legal arm brace, perfectly legal, multiple letters, multiple, whatever people have invested hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars to manufacture, distribute and do all these things, making sure that they're following the letter of the law. And then one day some bureaucrat goes, you know, I don't think that that's really, no, I've decided that that's not legal anymore. I've decided that uh, that's a gun. And so, sorry, not sorry. You you, you got to shut down. Destroying, not, I mean, not just curbing your rights. Not just curbing your rights, but destroying multiple people's lives on this. The, uh, the, the uh, uh, plaintiff in this case, Vanderstork versus Garland, one of the plaintiffs is the... Um, uh, Tyler, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, what's the name of the uh, tactical machining? T- 
Tactical, Tactical Machining is the name of the company that was one of the original plaintiffs in the lawsuit. And they said that if they followed the agency's brand new edict, now remember, dozens of letters and determination letters that said it's perfectly legal. It's not a firearm. It's a brick of metal. It could be converted. It could be, you know, you, it can be, it can be machined and you can work on it with a file and a rasp and a chainsaw or whatever you need to do and turn it into a gun. But because it's not a gun yet, it's perfectly legal. They said if they had to follow the agency's edict, it would wipe out more than 90% of their revenue. So, I mean, this reminds me of the whole, uh, there was a company called Atchison, Atchison Accelerator. They were one of the first companies to build uh, essentially a bump stock for a Ruger 1022. It is, this, it is essentially a, a bump stock for a 1022. It was a whole stock system that you would Take your 22, take the mechanism out of your original wooden stock and you'd place it in this and it ran on a little bit of rails and it had springs and it essentially became a bump stock for a 1022. He had determination letters. He had invested uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars in the manufacturing process. He'd sold it to several thousand people. Um, and then the ATF decided, mm, no, I don't think that that's right. I think, you know, we know we were, you're bankrupt. And then not only were you bankrupt because they put him out of business, then they went after every person that bought one because they were perfectly legal. Now they wanted to go back and claim them. I mean, this is what we're facing, folks. The authoritarian creep and overreach is real. And again, these are the people that are making the laws. People who say stuff like this. Put a pistol on a brace, it may, turns into a gun. Makes it more, you can have a higher caliber weapon, a higher caliber bullet coming out of that gun. It's essentially turning it into a short barrel rifle, which has been a weapon of choice by a number of mass shooters. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. God have mercy on your soul. God have mercy on us all. These are the people that are in charge. And they're making all the rules. And they have not a freaking clue what they're doing. They don't have a clue what they're voting on, obviously, with the NDAA. They don't have a clue. They don't know what's in the bill that they're voting on. They have no idea about the process or the regulatory of the things that they're regulating. They have no idea of the details of that business or that item or anything. They're just here to make laws so that you, the plebeian public, must follow because they, somehow anointed by God, know how you should live your life because reasons. That's what it's all about. Okay. Well, I mean, am, I guess, am I off base here? Maybe you could call and tell me. 319-527-3864. 319-527-3864. It is the Michael Duke Show. Common Sense. Liberty-based 
Free Thinking Radio. Back with more after this. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Oh. I mean, this is the... And I lost my Carolyn McCarthy quote. That's what I really wanted to play was my Carolyn McCarthy quote. I don't know what happened. I I shuffled some stuff around and it's not there. And now I have a sad. Now I have a sad because it was right there. Where is it? Give it to me. What's this right here? Uh, Carpenter Durbin. Uh, Biden Queen Durbin. I'm looking for, I'm looking for my. Uh, here we go. Uh, is this it? I think this is it. Yep, here it is. Let me put this back. Let me put this back up here because this is a, uh, yeah, I'll write that. Um, okay, so I, I finally got my other, I'm getting all, I'm basically getting just a list of stupid things that people say about guns. That people should should know better, either to keep their mouth shut or to learn something. <sighs> We'll uh, let's see what's going on there. Uh, the assault on the citizen is coming from all sides at once, and it is deliberate, says Timothy. You're starting to feel that way, isn't it? I mean, you're starting to feel that way. Like it's all, they're all in it together, and they're all doing it on purpose kind of thing. You know? Uh, let's see. Uh, my grandma and grandpa drove a horse and wagon in Arkansas by a way, way back in the day. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, but, what? I don't even know what that is. Oh, he says, sounds like he got into a bag of booger sugar that was left there. What the hell is booger? Oh, do you mean the white stuff? The mountain, Rocky Mountain High stuff. The I get it. Okay, I got it now. <laughs> Biden thinks a pistol brace transforms your gun into Glocktimus Prime. I am Glocktimus Prime. Now converting to a full auto large caliber cannon. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Um, some of our Alaska state troopers says, Jeremy, don't know the difference between an air rifle and an actual firearm because air rifles are not classified as firearms. Um, yeah, hillbilly used to say that. Yeah. Uh, hillbilly used to say that, uh, they're all in it. Uh, they're all in it together and they're doing it on purpose. That was what hillbilly used to say. He actually gave me a button that said that at one point. And I used to think that that was just a little, you know, that that was maybe just a little paranoid, but I'm starting to think that that was a hundred percent correct. When you start to see all these things going on at once where, 
all this stuff is happening and you're like, wait a second, <laughs> wait a second. Oh, this is so frustrating. So frustrating. Anyway, uh, the, uh, I'll, let me link this article to the Reason magazine article so you can read what's going on with this thing. Who is Hillbilly? Uh, he was a regular caller in Fairbanks. I haven't talked to him in quite a while. He called the show about two years ago, three years ago. Uh, that was the last I'd heard from him. I hadn't talked to him in probably seven, eight years. He was a regular caller in Fairbanks. He lived up in the, he lived up in the, way up in the hinterlands, out in the hills, out in the bush, really, uh, north of Fairbanks. Um, all of my wheel-powered vehicles have proper names, says Jeannie, two or four wheelers. How do you keep them all straight? I just like, I know a lot of people name their cars, you know, the, the, I know a lot of people name everything, but it's one of those, it's just, to me, it's never made sense. If it was a boat, yeah, that I can, I can, I can see that I can get behind that. That's like a whole system, the whole ecosystem on the water. I can understand naming that. I just never got around to naming, naming the cars. Um, especially after watching Christine, it just scares me. Um, <laughs> oh man. All right. Um, going back through here, going back through here. Glocktimus Prime. Uh, I love that. My first car, it was a late seventies or early eighties VW Dasher. It was potentially the ugliest VW ever created. Ran on diesel, got 700 miles to the gallon. Uh, um, as a teenager discovering I could downshift and smog out tailgaters with black smoke was neat. Yeah, that's, uh, I, you know what? Some of those old VW, the rabbits and stuff like that, especially the diesel, those things would go forever. I mean, they had, the mileage was nutty, like 50, 60 miles to the gallon on this little diesel VW, but it was a little diesel. It was a little rabbit. <laughs> it's not something you wanted to do there. Uh, okay. We got to, uh, we got to jump in. Here we go. Final segment, the Michael Duke show, common sense radio. Wow, the chat room has a one-track mind today. They have a one-track mind. <laughs> They're still talking about cars. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I mean, it's, that's great. But they're all still in there talking about cars and stuff like that. It's fun. Uh, we, we're having a good time here. Uh, having a real good time. Although I will say that Anthony's comment had to make me chuckle. President Biden's comment on the pistol brace... He said, Biden thinks a pistol brace transforms your gun into Glocktimus Prime. Right? That's, <laughs> which is kind of, I mean, that's essentially what the president is saying there, right? That's it's essentially what the president is saying. Put a pistol on a brace, it turns into a gun. 
Makes it more, you can have a higher caliber weapon, a higher caliber bullet coming out of that gun. It's essentially turning it into a short barrel rifle, which has been a weapon of choice by a number of mass shooters. I am Glocktimus Prime. Transformers roll out. Right? I mean, that's what he's... <laughs> it's a, you know, the gun, the pistol confront, turns into a gun. I mean, it was a gun, but, you know, oh, the cannon comes out and, and it... <laughs> roll out. I could just see it right now. I could just see it now. <laughs> but folks, I mean, seriously, uh, when you look at this and you see that these are the people that are making the laws, you've got to just wonder, where are we going? Where are we going with people who do not understand the things that they're actually trying to regulate? Where are we going in this day and age? What's it going to look like in another 10 years, another 15 years, another 20 years? What, what is it going to look like? I mean, and this has been going on forever. This is, here's Carolyn McCarthy, Senator Carolyn McCarthy, one of the prime movers and shakers of the assault weapons ban, right? Back in 1990, uh, 1994. The 10-year assault weapons ban. She was a mover and shaker on it. And she's one of the ones that wrote it. It was her passion project. And yet she knew nothing. This is not new. This has been going on for years. Carolyn McCarthy on MSNBC with then young reporter Tucker Carlson. In February, you introduced the Assault Weapons Ban and Law Enforcement Protection Act of 2007. It would regulate semi-automatic assault weapons, including weapons that have pistol grips, a forward grip, and something called a barrel shroud. Weapons with a barrel shroud would be regulated. What's a barrel shroud and why should we regulate it? I think, I think the more important thing is that it also would have had banned the large capacity clips right. that Colin Ferguson had but used I, and also uh, the killer. Okay. But I, I, read the, I read the legislation. I'm sorry. I read the legislation and it said that it would regulate barrel shrouds. What's a barrel shroud and why should we regulate that? The guns that were chosen back in, uh, in those days were basically the guns that most gangs and criminals were using to kill our, our police okay. officers. I'm not saying it was the best bill, but that okay. was the best do, bill do you know they could what get a barrel out at that particular is? time. I actually don't know what a barrel oh, shroud okay, is. I think it's, in it's your a legislation. shoulder thing that goes up. It's... Okay, so there's a lot of... Let me unpack that for a second for you. Um, the rifles that they're trying to ban were not the things that were killing most of the police officers. Handguns were killing most of them. If there was a police officer that was killed, there was a 99.99% chance he was killed with a handgun. So that's a falsehood, right? But it fits her narrative. And then she doesn't even know what a barrel shroud is. But it makes a gun scarier and more dangerous. Or according to the ATF, uh, actually, that's a uh, that's a firearm. That barrel shroud, when you put it on another firearm, it makes a mega firearm. So you can't do that. I'm sorry. Uh, just you know, and that you know that that bayonet lug. Uh, we're afraid that there's going to be some drive-by bayonetics with that too. So that's a firearm too. So if you put a bayonet lug and a barrel shroud and a detachable magazine, you've got a mega, mega, mega firearm, and that yeah, just can't happen. <laughs> what? I mean, are you so divorced? And here's the thing: these people keep getting reelected. 
because nobody's paying attention. I mean, really, nobody, unless it's your little slice of the pie or it's your little uh, your little bailiwick or your little part of heaven, you're like, you're not even paying attention to what's going on. You're like, it's fine. It's Washington, D.C. What do I care? Actually. <laughs> This is just, this is madness. Oh my gosh. Absolute madness. Uh, so the, and you want, here's, here's the final story for the day. Cause this is not that you think that's crazy. Here's where it gets even crazier. Uh, Tom Knighton in Overbearing Arms writes about this. You know, it says there's a lot of times when the police issue advice that people would do well to listen to, for example, People didn't lock their doors, but they started to lock their doors when the police were basically out there saying, hey, you probably should lock your doors, you know, right? So they started doing that. Um, But police in Oakland have a kind of new bizarre suggestion. The city is seeing more and more crime and law enforcement is recognizing that they can't be everywhere at, uh, at once. So they've offered a few tips. One was to put bars on your windows to deter would be home invaders. They're having a home invasion problem there. OK, so it would be, you know, which uh, I mean, it's I guess it's a solid solution. Does it make you feel great that you have to live in a prison of your own making? Probably not. But it's still a solid suggestion. Then they went about and said. No, what they should, on top of that, get yourself some bars on your windows and then get yourself a good air horn. An air horn. After 60-year-old retiree David Schneider was shot and killed while trimming a tree in his yard, his neighbor, Tony Birds, she said she retreated indoors. She said, people aren't feeling safe out of their houses. It makes sense that you would want to protect your house then, right? You would barricade it. Amid a surge of crime in Oakland, police have advised residents to use air horns to alert neighbors to intruders and to add security bars to their doors and windows. Uh, I mean, maybe you can just identify them in a lineup because now they have hearing loss from having an air horn blasted in their face. I mean, I don't know. I just don't think it is that going to be a great deterrent. Is it going to make them run away? Do they think other people are going to get involved? Because I can tell you right now, the likelihood of people getting involved in a lot of that stuff, especially in a big city, is pretty nil. People just don't want, they don't want to get involved. I don't want to. I mean, we hear these stories all the time about people being accosted or mugged or robbed, and people just kind of walk around them on the sidewalk while it's going down because I don't want to get involved. You think that air horn's going to do anything? You know, what it might do is it might piss off the would-be assailant to the point that he wants to put a bullet in you because you're you're hurting his head. But this is the answer. Now, it's not politically correct for them to say you should arm yourself and take care and take care of yourself. Be responsible for your own security, your own safety. No, instead they say, oh, actually, if it just had an air horn, you know, you could warn your neighbors, you might die, but at least they'll be ready and they could lock their doors. I mean, that's a good idea. <laughs> I mean, the gun is obviously, uh, you know, a, a more proactive tool. I mean, it's going to hurt them. I mean, the air horn might hurt them and then they might shoot you back. Uh, at least with a pistol or a gun, a rifle, something, you would at least be able to shoot back as well. Be able to protect yourself. But politically, they just can't do that. They can't make that suggestion because of politics. 
They can't say you should take care of your own. They can't say, you know, when seconds count, the police are only minutes away. And that you should arm yourself and take care of those. They just don't do that. Why? Politics. Political expediency. And an overarching desire for authoritarianism because they don't want an armed populace. They don't want citizens. They want subjects who are compliant to what they want to have happen. Because they know better than you how to live your life. You poor, poor, pitiful peasants, just listen to us and we will, we will guide you in every aspect of your life. And if you don't like it, we'll put you in a hole in the ground and bury it over the top of you and leave you there until your ripe old age. Because you didn't conform. Screw that. Screw that. What's the old American? What's the most American of sayings? I will not comply. That rings true, truer today than it has, I think, almost ever. But that's what they want. Roll over, wet on yourself. Let them have whatever they want. No, I'm not going to comply. That's not how it works. All right, folks, we'll see you on Monday. Enjoy yourselves. Have a great weekend. Be kind. Love one another. Live well. Well, actually, actually, <laughs> that's my new bureaucrat voice. Well, actually, I, uh, <laughs> you're not doing it right. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the problem. Yeah. Film the crime or use an air horn. Well, that's good. At least they could pick up my phone off my dead body. Oh no, wait, the criminals will take my phone because it's valuable on the way out the door after they pump me full of lead. Yeah, it's insane. In freaking sane. Be ungovernable, my friends. Hey, I like that. I always like that. And I was like, I was not raised to be a victim. No. I mean, that's the thing. I just, you know, something happens. You just don't roll over and wet on yourself and say, take whatever you want. Just don't hurt me. You ever seen a psychopath get empowered by that kind of behavior? There's video. You there's plenty of videos out there. Well, people who were complied and they were complicit. That power went right to the head of those psychos, and they thought, "Now I have the power of life and death over you." Bang! It happens. Run, hide, fight. I'll do all three. Run, hide, then fight if I have to. But I will fight back. I will not comply. All right, we got to go. You guys enjoy yourselves uh, and whatever you have to listen to tomorrow. Sorry, but we'll be back on Monday. Be ungovernable. I like that. We should get some t-shirts, Brian. Be ungovernable. Be un... I I, I, I hear that in the... I hear that in the voice of the... What's that? The most, not, not the most dangerous, the most interesting man in the world, right? 
Be ungovernable, my friends. That's what I hear. Be ungovernable. Maybe we should get a picture of that. We'll do the most interesting man in the world with a bubble coming out saying, be ungovernable. I like it. I like it. All right. We got to go. The Michael Luke Show, Common Sense Radio. shed our terrestrial radio skin and now we are slimy lizard internet people it's the michael duke show